The views and opinions of shows on KCNR are those of the hosts, guests, and callers only, and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of KCNR Radio. Good morning, everyone. This is Dr. Patricia Bay, and you are listening to Therapy in a Nutshell. This is KCNR Radio, 1460 AM, and now on FM at 96.5. Or you can listen live, streaming it from the website, kcnr1460.com. Well, welcome this morning on this rainy Saturday here in Northern California. wonder what your weather's like where you are, because I know we have, I have listeners from all over the country. And the world, actually. So this is exciting. Today we are going to talk about conflict resolution. Conflict resolution is a very interesting subject because it's very easy to talk about fun things like I love you or uh, I had a great time. Thank you so much. It's very easy to talk about those things, much easier. Uh, There are people that can't even say I love you, but that's a whole different subject. But the harder part is to have good communication skills when things are in conflict, when you disagree, when someone has hurt your feelings, when you have expectations that aren't met. Those are the times that it's really hard and you have to really dig deep and use your skills. So what happens if you don't have any skills? I have very limited skills or you have very dysfunctional skills. Then you need to up your game and start to learn some things. And that's one of the reasons I do this show, Therapy in a Nutshell. It's I wrote a book called Therapy in a Nutshell, and those are all the basic lessons I teach in therapy all the time. But what I'm trying to do with this show is give people skills, one basic skill at a time, so that you can learn it, up your game, be more at peace in your life, be happier in your relationships, be a better parent, be a better employee or employer. So that's the reason for this podcast and for this show, Therapy in a Nutshell. So today, when we talk about conflict resolution, I want you to remember that whenever two people are together, there's a possibility of conflict. Things don't always go well, and that's a human experience. It's not supposed to always go well. We're supposed to grow and develop. So relationships are complicated. There's interactions, behaviors, personalities, needs, motivations, desires, and because no two people are exactly alike, conflict is created. Sometimes these differences in people complement each other, and sometimes they are a source of discourse and strife. The conflict isn't the problem. It's what is done with the conflict and how it is handled that becomes the problem. Relationship quality, whether that's parent-child or employer-employee or your significant other, is directly affected by the conflict resolution skills that you bring into that environment. So what I want to do today is give you kind of a basic conflict resolution awareness so that you start to see how do you personally handle conflict. One thing I really like is when couples sit down to listen to these podcasts, and I like them to do it kind of like a workshop. Grab a pen and paper, sit at the kitchen table, get a cup of coffee, turn it on and listen to it together. Stop it every once in a while and talk. It is truly worth some therapy sessions and can save you some time and money. So this is a really good one to do with your significant other. So we're going to take a look at what is involved in conflict and how can you up your game. So 
I'm very visual, and when clients come into my office, I often draw things out for them so they can walk away with a piece of paper in their hand that kind of summarizes what we did. So what I'd like you to do right now is get out a piece of paper and a pen, and you're going to draw what I would draw in my office for you. So draw a big line across that paper. Turn it sideways, landscape style, and draw a big line across the paper. And way over at the left-hand side, put a box. And way over at the right-hand side of the page, put another box. First, we're going to talk about those two areas when conflict happens. So say something has come up. Either um, someone has hurt your feelings or they've told you you've done something wrong or you need to discipline your child or you're having a spat with your significant other and you need to talk about something important. So way over in the left-hand side of the box is the box that I call avoidant. And in that avoidant box is where you do some kind of I-don't-want-to-be-here behaviors. Things like pretending that you're fine. Your spouse or somebody says, what's wrong? You go, nothing. Nothing, I'm fine. I'm okay. And you all know what fine means, don't you? Fine means effed up, insecure, neurotic, and emotional. So when you say you're fine, that's probably what you're saying. But that's where you pretend you're okay and you don't want to talk about it. It's also where you do the silent treatment. You're avoiding discussing how you're feeling, so you go silent, or you walk away, or you escape into something else like your phone or the computer or the TV um, or alcohol or drugs or something that really helps you avoid. But that avoidant behavior is unhealthy in, in and of itself because it leaves you hanging out in the wind with nobody helping you with what you're dealing with. And you're not helping yourself either. You're hoping if you shut up, it will go away. Now, many people also do that avoidant type behavior because the person that they need to confront is scary to them. And that's when we're going to go to the other side of the chart. But if you are fearful of talking about what is bothering you, you might be finding yourself be avoidant. And we're going to talk about that some more during this show, how to work through that. Okay, so now we go to the other end of the spectrum, way over to that box that you put on the right. And in that box, we're going to put defensive. And defensive characteristics, when there's conflict, can take on many different forms. They can be aggressive and angry and loud. They can be um, what I call the yabbit use. And that's where somebody says, you know, you were late and you hurt my feelings. I had dinner already. You told me you'd be home. Now dinner's ruined. And the person, instead of just listening and hearing it and going forward from there, goes into the thing I call the yeah, but use. Yeah, but you were late last week when you said you'd be on time. And, and instead of owning the behavior, they try to deflect responsibility by saying, you're worse. You did it too. It's not just me. And that's defensive behavior. So those two extremes, the avoidant behavior way on the left and the defensive, aggressive, angry behavior way on the right, are two very unhealthy ways of dealing with conflict. But in my office for the past 30-something years of doing private practice and dealing with couples and individuals, those two behaviors are the ones that I see the most. People are either avoidant or they're defensive. And it's funny because this is what brings up a behavior that I call brick face. Brick face is where 
you've been doing the aggressive, defensive, angry behavior for your entire life. Let's say you're in your 30s or 40s. So 30, 40 years, you've been defensive, angry, and aggressive. And you probably learned that somewhere, most likely from your own parents and their style of communicating. But when it doesn't work and you think it doesn't work and it didn't get you anywhere in the argument or the conflict that you were having, brick face is when you back up and you try to do the same thing harder. You get more defensive, more angry, more aggressive. And then you think, well, uh, why didn't that work? So brick face is just slamming your face into the same brick wall over and over again. It really hurts your face and it's very annoying to the wall. So we want to look at other ways of behaving. So the first thing I want you to do, we're going to take a break in, in a minute and a half here. But what I want you to do is stop and say, what is my style when there's a conflict? Do I get smaller and avoidant? Do I get scared? Uh, I can't tell you how many times I've heard the phrase, I cannot deal with controversy. Whenever there's controversy, I just fold. I give in. I pour oil on the water to try to make everybody happy. And that doesn't work. That's part of the avoidant, silent treatment. Tell everybody what they want to hear. That's very passive behavior and often can be passive aggressive. So way on the other end, getting aggressive, the yabbit use, getting defensive, and doing that harder and harder doesn't get you where you want to go. So it, what we need to do is talk about recognizing first what's your style. So during the break here, I want you to think, what do I do? How do I deal with controversy? Do I cave and fold or do I hold it and hold it and hold it until I explode like a volcano and then I look like a raving uh, fill-in-the-blank, <laughs> raving bad person? Um, or do I get super aggressive and try to make the other person feel like it's their fault so they back off and, and they say, oh, I'm bad. It wasn't you. You didn't do anything wrong. What's your style? What do you do? And how does that affect you? So we're going to take a break. And I'm being sponsored by OsteoStrong, so we're going to hear more about that after a while, too. I'm really grateful for OsteoStrong sponsoring my show. But think about you. Are you avoidant? Are you super aggressive? We'll be back in a couple minutes. Purpose-driven banking. That's the vision behind the founding of Five Star Bank in 1999. Services inspired by partnership and defined by shared vision and goals. Five Star Bank, a champion of local economic development and community stewardship. Your success is their success. Now that's smart people doing good business. In a world that's both more connected and more isolated by high tech, Five Star Bank brings you a personal touch to small business banking, cash management, and online services. Five Star Bank, consistently rated among the very best by industry associations, rating agencies, and of course, customers and partners just like you. Your partner in success is Five Star Bank. FiveStarBank.com. Visit your local branch at 358 Hartnell and Reading. Progressive, professional, personal. That's Five Star Bank. Equal housing lender, member FDIC. A jewel of the North State, a place we love to go and love being members. The View, the best in the North State, from the restaurants, meeting rooms, and of course, on the award-winning 18-hole golf course, Riverview Golf and Country Club. It's the place to belong. Go in and meet the friendly staff today or go to their website at riverviewgolf.net and find out about their introductory memberships. Riverview Golf and Country Club, corporate, social, tennis, fitness, and golf. Get it all. Become a member. It's affordable and fun. Riverview Golf and Country Club. 
KCNR rolls into 2019 with great changes to our programming. Weekday mornings, wake up with the Sue McLean News Hour, followed by Free Fire Radio, your town hall of the Shasta County Airwaves. 9 to noon, be informed and laugh along with Armstrong and Getty, the conscience of the nation. Noon to 3, find your financial peace with Dave Ramsey. 3 to 6, it's the hard-hitting constitutional expert, Mark Levin. Monday through Thursdays at 6 p.m., local shows feature everything from the paranormal to pop culture to unsung heroes of our area. 7 to 9, Ben Shapiro with an expanded program that brings the issues of the day to your radio. And finish your weekday with the Chris Plant Show, 10 p.m. to 1 a.m. KCNR, 1460 a.m. and soon on 96.5 FM. Now, more than ever, we are your locally owned, community-connected radio station. Welcome back to Therapy in a Nutshell. This is Dr. Patricia Bay. And just then you were listening to the beautiful Native American flute music of Randy McGinnis, Native American Music Award winner. Beautiful music. You can go to his website, randymcginnis.com. Check out his music. Okay, so we are talking about conflict resolution. And I'm asking you to look at whether you have the avoidant type of personality or the aggressive, defensive, angry type of personality when conflict happens. And I was sharing with you in the first part of the show that many people are extremely fearful of controversy. They get upset inside. They get nervous. um, They start to get agitated. They avoid. um, They start people-pleasing and telling others what they think they want to hear. They scramble all around inside their brain saying, Oh, what's going to make this all right? What do they want me to say? I don't want them to be mad at me. I don't I don't like it when people are mad at me. I get too uncomfortable. So I hear that a lot of times in my office, and it is a huge problem. But I want you to look at the idea that if you are avoidant or aggressive because you fear the controversy and you don't want to deal with it, it's because you have to stop and think of what am I afraid of? Both of those extremes of conflict resolution are very fear-based responses. In prior shows, I've talked to you about the difference between being in a place of love where you're trusting yourself and you're trusting others, and you're trusting that place you come from. My word for that is I trust God. When you are fearful, you are either mistrusting yourself or you're mistrusting the person you're dealing with the controversy about. Or you're feeling forsaken like you're not spiritually supported in this world. So your first window into your soul is how do I deal with conflict when it happens? Am I avoidant? Do I do the silent treatment? Do I say everything's fine? Do I try to people please and make everybody okay with me? Or do I do the other extreme? Do I get angry, defensive, say, yeah, but use, which means like, yeah, you do this and you do that and you did it too. It's not just me. And you try to deflect the blame. If you're doing those two extremes, then you are afraid. And it's so funny, I always call, in my office, I always call the F word, fear. It's not the other F word. People are very nervous when they feel afraid, when they feel fear. And many, um, not always men, but often men, can't say, I was afraid, because that feels like they're emasculating themselves or they're not being strong. But fear makes us do interesting things. And so when you are doing those two extremes of conflict resolution, avoidant or aggressive, you are afraid. 
And the main thing that people are afraid of is rejection or abandonment. Fear of rejection is actually fear of abandonment. If you don't like who I am or you tell me I'm wrong or you tell me I've made a mistake, then I'm afraid you won't like me. And if you don't like me, I'm afraid you're going to leave me. And if you leave me, I don't know what I'd do. And so many people, when they get fearful like that, they start to get desperate. And in that desperation, as human beings, we try really, really hard to feel safe. And we start mobilizing all these things that I call illusions of safety. That's where we think we're getting more safe. But actually what we're doing is really messing things up. Because dealing with our world, whether it's the people, our job, our our spouse, our kids, when we deal with people from a fear-based perspective, we are not bringing out the best in ourselves or them. So when you start to mobilize your illusion of safety, it makes things go downhill. So let's go back to our example. We've got conflict resolution needing to happen. There's been some kind of controversy. And you've discovered that you're either one of those avoidant people who pretends nothing's happened to the silent treatment, or you're one of those really aggressive, defensive, yeah, but you, angry sort of people. What are you afraid of? Who are you afraid isn't going to like you? Are you afraid you're going to lose your marriage? Afraid your children won't like you? You're afraid your job will fire you? And so what is your illusion of safety? If I get really mad and I push the person away from me, they'll back off and leave me alone. Or they'll see it's not really me. It's their fault. They're the bad person. They're the crazy one. They're the one who is expecting too much. So that's your illusion of safety. And it's so interesting because when you can learn to handle conflict from a place of love, which means trust, you're trusting yourself, you're trusting that the other person loves you and isn't leaving you, they just want to work out a problem all of a sudden, everything calms down, and it's really kind of wonderful. All right, I want, to, I want to give you an example. One of the places that I see a lot of conflict and a lot of controversy is in step families. The step parent often is very conflicted. They don't want to parent too much because they want the kids to like them. They don't want to step on their spouse's toes because they're not really the mom or the dad of those kids or that kid. And so they're treading very lightly. They're walking on eggshells. Then there's the controversy that's kind of the other extreme. And that is, wow, you really need to parent your kids. And I don't know why you don't parent your kids. You don't do it like like I do. And I need to step in here and fix you and fix your kids. So the step-parent becomes over-involved and harsh and aggressive. And that doesn't work either. So in a step-parenting family, the only way, to work out a productive, healthy step family, a blended family, is to have really good conflict resolution skills and to talk about it. I have step families that I've seen in my office that say things like, okay, you parent your children and I'll parent mine. All right, well, that sort of works sometimes, but what happens when the other parent isn't home and their kids are there with you and you have to discipline? The secret is that the step parents have to sit down and say, what's our discipline style? What do we do when it's your kids or my kids? What are our boundaries? Um, You often have to be very careful in a step-parenting family that you don't over-discipline because then you're going to bring in the parent who's not there, the former spouse. Um, So you want to have really good boundaries and parameters. But you also have to be able to talk when there's a problem. And that's the thing that I see most missing in step families. If you 
are a blended family, and you have sat and talked about how do we deal with former spouses? How do we deal with your kids, my kids? What do we do when um, one kid's an easy kid and one kid is a challenging kid, you know, blows all the boundaries, defies everything, refuses to cooperate, but you've got another kid who is cooperative. You have to talk about all of that. And the idea that I'm just going to back off and not do anything or say anything, or I'm not going to parent those kids because I don't want them not to like me, just doesn't work. And then you end up in therapy, hopefully before your family falls apart. But you're doing those conflict resolution styles that I'm talking about. You're either being avoidant and silent treatment and pretending everything's fine while you're basically building resentment, or you're getting aggressive, defensive, and angry at your current spouse, at your current spouse's child or children, and that doesn't work either. So we need to do some talking about how do you do it differently? What do you bring to the table so that you're not just being the extremes of unhealthy conflict resolution behaviors? You're trying not to be fear-based, and you're trying to have a healthier style where conflict actually happens. The reason we call it conflict resolution is because we want to resolve a conflict, not keep it going and going and going. And what's really cool is when I see couples and um, employers and things like this, when they use really good skills, most things get resolved very quickly, like within minutes. So would you rather have an argument last five minutes or 10 minutes than days or weeks for the whole relationship? Yeah, it's a no-brainer when you say, of course I would then you have to be willing to set aside your unhealthy coping style for conflict and begin to mobilize some good stuff. I'm going to teach you what that good stuff is real soon. But I want you to recognize that if you go back in my podcast and you listen to the podcast called Communication Basics and you listen to the podcast called Standing in Your Truth, both of those are going to be mentioned here in the next couple segments of the show. And those are wonderful segments that are going to augment what you're going to do. So, And I'll refer you back to them again when we come back. But you want to be very aware of your style, just to kind of sum up here. Are you avoidant or are you aggressive in your conflict resolution style, which are the two extremes on that line I had you draw on your piece of paper earlier? Are you fear-based? Are you afraid of rejection or abandonment? Is your self-esteem so low that it's hard for anybody to tell you you've made a mistake or you hurt their feelings? It just crumbles you inside. Are you really nervous and anxious with any kind of controversy so that you find yourself scrambling around trying to pour oil on the water and make it stop being so tumultuous? What do you do that brings these unhealthy conflict resolution skills to the table? So the thing we're going to do when we come back from the next break is we're going to talk about what's in the middle I had you take a piece of paper and draw the line all the way from the left being avoidant, silent treatment, pretending you're fine, um, walking away, hiding out in things like electronics and your phone and TV and um, drinking and drugs and things like that, the avoidant type behavior. And then way over at the right side of your paper after you draw a line across it is that aggressive, defensive, angry, yeah, but you do this and you do that and it's not me, it's your fault. In between there is a whole zone that we're going to talk about in a minute, and that's the place of vulnerability. How can you be vulnerable 
and handle conflict? How can you do that in a healthy way where you don't feel like you're kowtowing or you're um, putting your tail tucked between your legs and apologizing all over the place? It's not about that. It's about allowing yourself to be vulnerable to looking at your own mistakes, looking at your insecurities, asking yourself, could this conflict that's coming my way right now be real? Could I have made a mistake? So there's certain behaviors in that vulnerability. One of them is learning how to own it. And in order order to own it, you have to take a good, hard look at it. So when somebody plops something into your hands, that thing that I call the lesson of the dog poop, although I don't always call it poop. So the lesson of the dog poop plopped in your hands is take a look at it. Don't smear it on yourself and say you're bad. Don't throw it back in the other person's face and say, how dare you? Don't flip it all over the room and stinky up your whole environment. Stop and look at the hot, steamy mess that's been dumped in your hands and say, whoa, why is that there? And what did I do to participate in this or create this? What's my responsibility? Just really evaluate it, look at it, and think about it. Because that's where we're going to start. In order to be vulnerable, you've got to look at it and own it and look at it objectively to see what part you need to take some responsibility for. So when we come back from this next break, we're going to talk about how do you be vulnerable in conflict. So I will see you in a minute. February 22nd, 1982, Joe Martino opened Orchard Nutrition Center with a simple philosophy to be able to have the choices available for a completely healthy lifestyle. And to this day, Joe and the entire Orchard Nutrition Center family have kept that promise for 37 years. Orchard Nutrition Center in the Cypress Square Shopping Center, Reading. Hi, I'm Sharon Clark of Home Helpers. It's amazing to look back at all the families we've touched since 2004, but our clients say it best. I want to express my deep appreciation for the love and support you and your So fortunate to have an organization like Home Helpers. You never know how much your contribution meant or how greatly you touched our lives. Thank you so much for helping me care for my husband. After hearing what it's meant to them, I truly can't imagine doing anything else. When you need help for your loved one, choose Home Helpers. There is no place like home. SST Oil on Wyndham Lane in Reading, your source for specialty fuels and oils, including kerosene and low-sulfur fuel oil. They feature Toyotomi heating systems and on-demand water heaters. Save $100 on a new Toyotomi home water heater and ask about special savings for residents affected by the car fire. Locally owned SST Oil, supporting the community through summer fires and winter snows. Stay warm and cozy with Toyotomi and SST Oil. 241-1167, 241-1167. When you're looking to add a pet to your family, Haven Humane Society is the place to start. Hi, this is Mark from Haven to tell you that shelter pets make the best pets. With kittens, puppies, dogs, cats, bunnies, guinea pigs, hamsters, snakes, birds, and more, Haven has a pet that is the right fit for your family. We also provide education, training, spaying and neutering, dog licensing, and so much more. If you're looking for a way to help, our amazing volunteers have fun with the animals while helping us to save lives. For more information, call 241-1653 or visit havenhumane.org. Like us on Facebook and follow our progress as we work towards a day with no more homeless pets in the North State.
Welcome back to Therapy in a Nutshell. This is Dr. Patricia Bay. You're listening to the beautiful flute music, the Native American flute music of Randy McGinnis, Native American Music Award winner. You can go to his website, randymcginnis.com. And also, as we come back, I want to do a shout-out to OsteoStrong here in Redding, California. Linda and Ken Burbank own OsteoStrong, and it's an amazing place. It's affordable. It's efficient. It's very quick, and it's a place that you go to do certain type of exercise. And you can do it in your work clothes. It's easy. You don't have to even get sweaty or change, but you're building your bone density. In the last year and a half that I've gone to OsteoStrong, I have increased my bone density 5.5%, and I have the bone scans from when I started to where I am now, and it's fabulous. And I'm really thankful for them. And I'm thankful for Strong sponsoring my show. Thanks, Linda and Ken. You guys are awesome. All right, let's get back to business here. We're talking some really good stuff. We are trying to help you figure out how you do conflict resolution and begin to up your game into something more healthy. So um, quick recap. You, we talked about whether you're avoidant, you do the silent treatment, you pull away, you pretend you're just fine, you escape into things so that you don't have to talk. Or on the other end of the spectrum, you might be aggressive, defensive, angry, you say the yeah, but you's, and you hope the person backs off because you just got real big and scary. So those two extremes of conflict resolution style have to do with you being fearful, and you need to stop and say, what am I afraid of? So the middle ground that we're going to start talking about now, if you're not going to be avoidant and you're not going to be super aggressive, then you have to be vulnerable. And in order to be vulnerable, you have to deal with things as they are happening. If you are a bottler, and in my book, Therapy in a Nutshell, I talk about a stress technique of how people stuff their issues into their bottles. Picture a bottle inside your chest. The cork is in your throat, the base of the bottle's down in your gut, and you fill your bottle up as tight as you can. Take the cork out, shove stuff in, don't want to deal with it, avoid it, shove the cork back on. Problem is you've got to keep that cork down somehow. And the way I see people keep that, keep that stress cork down is drugs, alcohol, cigarettes, sex, shopping, gambling, food, um, electronic addictions, staring at your phone, on the computer, watching TV. There are ways to avoid dealing with the stress in your bottle. Now, the other thing, and this is specifically directed at conflict, when your bottle is full, you have very little room for the stress. So if you're tired, you're hungry, you're hurt, um, you've had some trauma in your life, you've had some old life trauma that's filling up part of your bottle, you don't have much room to deal with the conflict that comes your way. So if you hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it, and then explode, you're like the volcano, and you explode all over everybody. So last in, first out. Um, you're really stressed, your spouse comes up and says, hey, you were supposed to take the garbage cans out and you missed the garbage pickup. And your bottle explodes all over your spouse because you're too stressed to deal with it. That's an exploder. A leaker is somebody who can't hold their stuff in their bottle because nobody can hold a full bottle. And it leaks all around the edges. So you're irritable and grumpy and maybe crying a lot or maybe whining or just, you know, picking on everybody. And then some people are leakers and exploders. They get to be both. But in conflict, when you hold and hold and hold what you should be dealing with, it brings you into those unhealthy zones of conflict resolution. If you are vulnerable enough to look at each conflict 
that is set into your hands. Then you can get current with those around you so that you're not dealing with old stuff from before or yesterday or 10 years ago or your traumatic childhood or your previous nasty relationships, whatever. You're not holding old stuff. You're current, current within yourself, current within your relationship, current within a situation that's bringing conflict. Then you have much more room to be vulnerable. You also have much more room to see the dog poop that's put in your hands, the conflict, the difficult thing, the smelly, nasty, icky thing that's in your hands that you don't want to deal with. Stop and hold it. Look at it. So the first stage of vulnerability in this middle ground of not being avoidant and not being aggressive is to own it, to stop and look at what's plopped in your hands and say, is this something I did? Is this something I need to look at? Is this mine to deal with? Now, let's say it's not yours to deal with. One of the phrases I use with that is it's not my monkey. It's your monkey. You, It's yours to feed and water. I have my own monkeys to feed and water. I don't need to feed and water your monkeys. And so I'm stopped to think, is this my monkey? Did I do this? Do I need to look at this? Or is this your issue? Now, just because it's your issue doesn't mean that I throw it back in your face aggressively and angry, angrily. I might look at you and say, hey, I don't think I did this, but let's talk about it because maybe I can help or maybe we can talk it out. So you don't have to just avoid because it's not yours. So you look and see, is it mine? Do I need to own it? Do I need to accept some responsibility here? And and that's one of the first parts of being vulnerable. You have to be secure enough in yourself to say, did I make a mistake? Did I say I was going to take the trash cans out and do the garbage and then I didn't? Oh. So let's say that's the example we're using. Your spouse comes up and says, hey, gosh, you missed the garbage pickup. You said you'd take the cans out. And I even reminded you and you didn't do it. Ah, now we, now the cans are full. What are we going to do? And And your spouse is a little bit irritable and grumpy about it. So dog poop plopped in your hands. You say, oh, I did miss it. So instead of doing the aggressive response, yeah, but you missed them last week when you were supposed to take them out. That's a yeah, but you. Or getting all passive and silent and pretending like, oh, whatever, and walking away and being non-communicative. Those are the two extremes. Those aren't healthy. The other aggressive extreme would be, God, I can't do anything right for you. You're always picking on me. You know, geez, it's just the stupid garbage cans. Why do you have to rag my butt because I forgot? You know, people forget things. Don't you ever know that? Don't you ever forget anything? I hear stuff like that all the time in my office. So that aggressive stance doesn't help. So let's go to the middle ground, that vulnerable place. Your spouse just plopped into your hands. You forgot to take the garbage out, and you were going to, and you said you would, and you were even reminded, and you go, Oh, geez, that's right. I messed up. So the first vulnerable thing is, is this mine to own? So instead of getting aggressive or avoidant, you say, you're right. I messed up. Gosh, I'm sorry. I I did say I would do it. You did remind me. I totally screwed up. It's my fault. I take full responsibility. Now, what are our options on how we deal with it? Do I need to go to the dump and get the trash cans emptied? Do we need to just go down there and push it down so it can last another week? What are our options? Look how much conflict you just tore through. How many times in your relationship have you had a humongo conflict over something as little as forgetting to take the garbage out? 
or doing the dishes or changing the baby's diaper or picking up a birthday card for his mother, her mother. Those little things that people promise that they'll do and then they don't write it down, they don't remind themselves, they don't follow through, and the other person gets angry. A lot of conflicts in relationships are over little tiny things. And people have these big, huge responses to little tiny things. Can you imagine what happens when there's a huge conflict, like a betrayal, like an extramarital affair, like um, you didn't pay the house payment and we have a huge fine, or now we're going to go into foreclosure, or you said you'd pay the bills and you didn't, and now we have a whole stream of late fees. Those are bigger. And some of those kind of conflicts are absolutely huge. So if you can't handle the little conflicts with good skills, how are you going to handle the big, huge ones? So we're going to practice on the little ones first. So let's go back to this idea of being vulnerable. First off, you've got it separated out. One thing is plopped into your hands. Don't mix it up with 20 other things. So your spouse comes to you and says you didn't take the garbage out. You don't say, yeah, but you were supposed to clean the refrigerator and you didn't do that. That's a yeah, but you. When it's plopped in your hands... Focus on what's in your hand and say, do I have a responsibility here? Is this mine? Did I screw up? Did I make a mistake? And then own it. Right there, if you can own something that is yours to own, you cut through a huge amount of conflict. And you take the wind out of the person's sails. So let's say you own it and say, you're right. Oh, I messed up. I was supposed to do it. And they go, you know, this is like the fourth time you've forgotten the garbage, blah, blah, blah. And they start ragging on you again. Just say, yeah, I'm, I get it. I'm, it's irritating. I would be irritated too. I can understand why you're upset. I really need to fix this behavior forgetting to do something I've promised to do. It's causing conflict in our relationship and I need to fix this. So now you're owning the next layer of it. It isn't just about the garbage. It's about the constant forgetting of something you promised to do. It creates conflict. So the dog poop's flopped in your hands. You're owning it. So stand still. Don't go running all around the room getting angry and upset and avoiding. Stand still. Look at it. It is far less energy to stop and take a look at it and own it. Okay, now let's say if something's plopped in your hand and it's not your monkey, it's their monkey. How do you stand in your truth? How do you say, look, I understand you're upset about this, but it really wasn't my responsibility or I didn't know about it or The communication wasn't clear. I didn't understand you. How do you stand in your truth? Well, that's a whole other lesson unto itself. And there's the prior podcast that I did in January of 2019 called Stand in Your Truth. So go back in the podcast and listen to that. Because sometimes in conflict, you need to say, what is my truth here? How do I feel about this situation? So rather than just getting super aggressive and angry and yab at youing or getting silent and walking away or or pretending nothing's wrong or trying to people please, you've got to look and say, how do I feel about this? What do I think about this? And then if it doesn't agree with you, how do I stand in my truth? So we're talking about vulnerability here. How do you own it? How do you stand still and not go running around like a chicken with your head cut off? And how do you learn to stand in your truth? What do you do? So we're going we're gonna to take a break in just a moment here. And when we come back, I'm going to just fine-tune these skills for you a little bit, give you an exercise to practice 
with each other and look for small, tiny conflicts that you can start to resolve in a much quicker manner. Um, So we're talking about conflict resolution and a specific technique of looking at the extremes and then trying to move toward the middle and be more vulnerable. So we're going to come back in a couple minutes after this break. Reading Electric Utility cares about the whole community, and we offer an income-qualified residential energy discount program that can save you up to $400 a year on your energy bill and once per year CARES bill credit up to $300. To find out if your income qualifies you for a residential discount program and CARES program, call 339-7200. That number again is 339-7200. KCNR rolls into 2019 with great changes to our programming. Weekday mornings, wake up with the Sue McLean News Hour, followed by Free Fire Radio, your town hall of the Shasta County Airwaves. 9 to noon, be informed and laugh along with Armstrong and Getty, the conscience of the nation. Noon to 3, find your financial peace with Dave Ramsey. 3 to 6, it's the hard-hitting constitutional expert, Mark Levin. Monday through Thursdays at 6 p.m., local shows feature everything from the paranormal to pop culture to unsung heroes of our area. 7 to 9, Ben Shapiro with an expanded program that brings the issues of the day to your radio. And finish your weekday with the Chris Plant Show, 10 p.m. to 1 a.m. KCNR, 1460 a.m. and soon on 96.5 FM. Now, more than ever, we are your locally owned, community-connected radio station. Powerhouse Solar, a SunPower Elite dealer, announces their new design showroom at 4616 Caterpillar Road. Now with Powerhouse Solar's new design showroom, you can view your property and see your solar design on the spot. So you can see what best works for you. Maybe it's a trellis-mounted system, pole-mounted systems, or roof mount. See all the options in Powerhouse Solar's design showroom at 4616 Caterpillar Road. For information, go to powerhousesolar.com or call 275-5600. Powerhouse Solar, a SunPower Elite dealer. Welcome back to Therapy in a Nutshell. This is Dr. Patricia Bay, Dr. Patty, and we're talking about conflict resolution. Therapy in a Nutshell is based on my 30-something years in private practice and the individual therapy and couples therapy I've done with people over that time. also wrote a book called Therapy in a Nutshell that has the basic lessons I teach in therapy all the time. That's available on Amazon.com, or you can go to my website, Patricia Bay at patriciabay.com. All right. Um, we're talking about conflict resolution, and we want to hone your skills so that you're not doing those extremes of behavior. So I want to go over just real briefly again the two extremes of conflict resolution that are not effective are on the far left side of your paper. If you've drawn the line on your paper like I asked you to do, and way over on the left you've written avoidant, silent treatment, pretending that you're fine, um, hiding in things like drugs, alcohol, or electronics, burying your face in your phone, you know, just not dealing with your life by trying to check out as best you can. Then way over at the right there's that aggressive, defensive, angry, yeah, but you do this and you do that. It wasn't just me. That defensive quality that happens because you're feeling really insecure. So 
those two extremes are fear-based. You're afraid of rejection. You're afraid of abandonment. You're afraid the person's going to tell you you're wrong and leave you. So when you're thinking, I'm just frustrated, he or she really irritates me that they don't do anything right, blah, 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 you've got to wonder why you are so afraid. If it is something that takes explanation or teaching or it really frustrates me that you don't do this or do that, how come you can't do it in a way that isn't angry and aggressive? It's because you're afraid. And remember, a lot of people don't like that F word, that fear word, because it scares them and they don't want to feel that vulnerable. So those are things to look at of who you are and why you, how you do things. So the, the area we're talking about where conflict resolution begins to get much more healthy is that middle ground between those two extremes. And that middle ground we're going to call vulnerability. Because in order to be calm, you have to be safe enough within yourself first and safe enough within your relationship to be vulnerable. And to do that, the other person has to practice silence in that moment and be quiet. So let's say your spouse is angry, irritable, upset because you didn't do something you're supposed to do. And they plop that in your hands. Remember the lesson of the dog poop? They plop the dog poop right in your hands and say, you did this. I'm really upset. The first thing you do is you look at it and say, do I need to own this? Is this something I did? If you can practice owning it, for starters, it means that you've got some self-esteem. And you have the ability to say, wow, I screwed up. I'm sorry. That's powerful. And I don't mean in that tail tucked between your legs. Oh, I'm bad. It must be my fault. Everything's always my fault. Or the other fail safe, which is if I can make it my fault, then I can fix it. And that is a way of avoiding dealing with the real conflict. That's a whole other piece of that. So if you can own it, that shows some strength of character for you. And it resolves conflict really, really fast if you did do something wrong. So you own it, you say you did it, you apologize, and you offer to make amends. What can I do to make this right? It might be as simple as, you know, I need to learn not to do that and I won't do it again. Or you're right, now we've got a problem. This is what I'll do to help fix that. So owning is the very first step. The other one is as you're owning it, stand still. I want to give you a visual. Let's say that you're person that you're talking to in conflict, whether it's your boss or your spouse or your kid, whatever, is wobbling. They're upset. So picture them going wobble, 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 wobble all around the room. They're like um, agitating. If you start agitating with them in an effort either to calm them down or to show them that they can't overpower you, then now you've got two people agitating and wobbling all around the room. What if you stood still? What if you said, wow, you really seem upset. Let's sit down and talk about this. And you get the person to stop wobbling and sit and say, if you could lower your voice, if you could stop being so angry, then I could really listen to you. But I can't when you're wobbling all around and you're screaming and yelling. So sit down or calm down. And if you can't calm down, let's try this again when you are. But I really want to hear what you have to say. Don't join them in wobbling. Recognize that they're wobbling because they're angry. And if they're angry, it means they're afraid of something. They're afraid something's going to go wrong or be bad or not happen correctly um, and it's going to cost money or time or something. So they're afraid of something. So don't wobble with them. That's another lesson in the vulnerability. And then what you have to do is when you sit and hold what's been placed in your hand, the conflict that's been placed in your hand, you don't smear it on yourself or smear it, throw it back in their face. That's the angry response. You stop and say, is this mine to deal with? 
is this my monkey? Did I do this? Do I need to feed and water this monkey? Or is this your monkey and you need to feed and water it? At that point, you need to be able to stand in your truth. You have to first listen really deeply. And you have to seek to understand what the other person is saying. That's part of not wobbling. That's part of owning it. So you seek to understand before you seek to change their mind or fix them or make yourself understood. So the idea is seek to understand before you seek to be understood. So you've looked at it. Is it yours to own? If you do, that's what you do immediately. You own it. If you're not sure, it's confusing, or the person's so upset that you're having a hard time figuring out what they're saying, then what you're going to do is stand still, not wobble with them. And then you're going to stand in your truth. You're going to go listen to that other podcast with all the skills for standing in your truth really spelled out clearly. But when you stand in your truth, you're going to stop and say, how do I feel about this? What do I think about this? And now what do I do if I disagree or I'm unhappy with what's going on here or I need to say, I've got opinions or thoughts on this conflict and we really need to talk about it. There are skills for doing that in a healthy manner. So just making it go away by people pleasing and tell the person what they want to hear, that's not healthy conflict resolution because it just builds resentment and it doesn't fix anything. Being really aggressive and angry and telling the person off and what they should do, that destroys relationships. It makes people not feel connected. So, These are some of the real basic steps for conflict resolution, but it lies in the land of being vulnerable, vulnerable within yourself and vulnerable with your partner. So the next thing that springs up in this area of vulnerability is how safe are you? And we can be as extreme as domestic violence type issues or abuse, emotional abuse. I mean, there's employers that have been emotionally abusive, sometimes physically abusive uh, or manipulative, but In this relationship you're thinking about as you hear this podcast, are you safe? And so let's go all the way from the extreme of violence. If you're not safe there, you really need to take a look at that and get some help. But the other extreme is, is the person, they just don't listen and everything's my fault. And they blame and they're agitated and they're angry and they're kind of scary and they get that look at you with razor blade eyes look like you're going to start... They're going to make you start bleeding, you know, just by looking at you. Um, Sometimes you can be triggered by your childhood, by your past. And if you had a traumatic childhood where there was a lot of yelling and screaming and yelling and screaming was followed by a lot of abuse, physical hitting, sometimes sexual abuse, things like that, you might be triggered by your current relationship that's in conflict Even if that person has never been unsafe, you might feel immediately unsafe when somebody raises their voice. These are things you need to know about. But the issue of safety is directly related to the issue of vulnerability. If you do not feel safe, you will not allow yourself to be vulnerable. That's just a normal human instinct. And we don't allow ourselves to turn our soft underbelly up and say, whoa, I made a mistake. It's my fault. I need to correct this when you feel like you're going to be tromped on. So if you're really pulling away from the idea of me telling you to be vulnerable and you're going, no way, Dr. Patty, not doing that. That's scary. Then I want you to look at how safe you are in this relationship. If you are not safe, then the conversation you need to have, either with this person or with a therapist, 
with somebody who can help you mediate this is to say, look, I want to feel safe with you, but I do not. And these are the reasons I don't feel safe. And we could resolve our conflicts in a much healthier manner if both of us brought these skills to the table so that we are allowed to be vulnerable with each other. And here's something that's really cool that you've got to know. When you can be vulnerable, when you can resolve conflict in a healthy manner, it doesn't even matter what you fought about. You build your intimacy. You feel closer to that person. And it it doesn't matter if you owned it, that you totally screwed something up and you need to fix it. You will feel closer to that other person because the conflict was resolved in a healthy manner. So this is super important work. You've got to look at your conflict resolution skills. Are they healthy or not? And how can I build them? So you're going to go back and listen to the podcast on communication basics and the podcast on standing in your truth. And then you're going to really evaluate what kind of conflict resolution do you bring to the table in this relationship that you're visualizing right now. Whether it's your boss, your kids, your spouse, it doesn't matter. Your best friend. What are the conflict resolution skills you bring to the table? This is super important. So. I want to thank you for being here with me today because it's really important that we try to resolve conflict throughout the world in a peaceful manner, whether it's in our relationships or whether it's globally, whether it's politically or anything. If we can resolve conflict without wobbling and by being peaceful and by owning it, we can really heal ourselves and we can heal the world. It's it's really kind of cool. So um, you can go to my website, patriciabay.com, and look at uh, some of the writings that I do for a news cafe. Uh, my book, Therapy in a Nutshell, is available on Audible and um, the written book. Uh, listen to my podcast. You can go to the Anthem, uh, I'm sorry, the Anchor at Anchor, A-N-C-H-O-R app. And on that app, um, it's free and it's safe. Or you can download my podcast from iTunes or Spotify. So remember, in conflict resolution, seek to understand before you seek to be understood. And you'll go a long way to beginning to be safe, to be vulnerable. So thank you so much for joining me today. We're going to close out this show listening to the beautiful Native American flute music of Randy McGinnis. You can go to his website, randymcginnis.com, learn more about him and find his music. Thanks again to Osteo Strong for sponsoring me. Ken and Linda Burbank, you rock. All right. Remember, let's heal the world one hour at a time. The views and opinions of shows on KCNR are those of the hosts, guests, and callers.